mistake from the Frenchman. God said I've been a man. Yes, sir. Loftus cheek takes aim. This is gonna flood to Hey guys, thanks for joining us once again. It's your boy John, we're back here with Corner Flag Talk Podcast. I hear always with Virgil. Virgil, what's going on? You know, everything going good, you know. Football. It's been a, it's been a decent week. I really can't I complain. Yourself, it's been a decent week. Um, first of all, I'd like to apologize for us not putting out anything last week. And I was going to make an announcement. What happened is it was midterms week. I uh, just got so busy, I didn't even get to do it. We were, we, the reason we didn't post anything, because at first we were planning to do Jesse podcast. And then that get pushed back, and then we said, okay, we'll do a podcast on Wednesday, and include the Champions League too. But then that got pushed back, so now we're here. So you know, understand that. So we start off with England, and then go around from there. Um, City get a win, usual thing. But it wasn't that usual. At yeah. first, City was playing real dog. Yeah, comments from Pep Guardiola said that you know if they if they play like how they played first half for the season, they would be relegated, and it, and it was a fair point for what he said. Looking at the first half, just to quickly sum that up, we were not clinical at all. We had the chances. We were creating our chances, but there was nobody really finishing. And we just let Aston Villa basically play their football, and they were coming at us. They were really, they were beating us. Honestly, if they had a better striker, because, you know, Wesley, Wesley's a, is a wonderful striker by all means, but this game wasn't, uh, wasn't the best for him. If they were a uh, much uh, faster striker up top, faster Villa, we would they would have punished us. Yeah, I get where you're coming from. Um, but the injury was kind of continue, and it just I really want to go through it once again. But like you know, Fernando you again, the red card. But like I say, he only got Messi cup, so that really no big deal. But but yeah, but it, it is like from from that happening, it's just like okay, you know, you just feel like okay, shots, you know, reality kind of hitting you, hitting you a little hard there because you're thinking. If by we it's like a you be st- it wouldn't it not as serious because it was a cup we have a cup game coming up but think about it of okay it was like a straight red yeah like it potentially could happen again so yeah you uh, said now they're thinking of possible options and the only other options you could think of is somebody in the midfield like Gunawan stepping in he I he find that mad though he, he made he made a comment and say that that how Gunawan said that if it's if it's needed he could play centre back. Because when John Stones came off injured for a short period of time, our centre backs, our centre backs at a sh- at a point was Bernardo Silva, Davos Silva, Gunawan. It was crazy. Yeah, that mad, that mad. Um, Lotto Mendy, yeah, he's still there now. Oh, you see, I know he was, and he he was made the comment. Oh yeah, Lotto Mendy, like yo, this just we just going from bad to worse. So yeah, moving on from there, um, Christian Pulisic scored a trick for Chelsea. Yeah. You know, all right, you know, I'm fine. Let me start off a little bit. Let me, let me get the energy going. The Christian Pulisic scored a trick for Chelsea, and I feel like that's a big deal. I find the start of the season actually pretty good. It was kind of harsh that he get dropped, but understandably so because he dropped him for he dropped him for mo- well, kind of dropped him for William. But William came into the team and was playing kind of good. Um, even though some Chelsea fans even were playing, but he was playing pretty good. Um, but Pulisic came, came back in the team the last couple of games. He came on as a substitute, got some goals and assists here and there against um, Southampton and then in midweek against Ajax. And he rewarded France Fit with a real quality hat trick. He was threatening throughout, and 
You could have seen he was really in the mood for it at Turf Moor and you know, Chelsea with the ultimate benefits of it. And from well, from um, what was posted and stuff like you saw on Instagram, they said that they said that he's the second fellow, the second player from the states to score a trick in the Premier League. Yeah, the first being obviously Dempsey. Yeah, yeah. But no, but from just because by all means, Pulisic is a quality player, yeah. and we all knew that Pulisic coming one. It was being overshadowed by. People looking at him to replace Hazard. He's a much different player from Hazard. He's, he cannot be a Hazard player. But by him coming into this side, Frank could get the best out of him, and it was sh- and it showed. Uh, and somebody told me that they think he's at ten goals season, ten goals for at least this Premier League season at most now. And I'm like, but that's not bad, you know. Ten goals for somebody who is twenty years old. He is first season in the Premier League in a side that made no investment besides him, Gainer. And I think if he gets 10 goals in the league this season, that's pretty good. Last season, Chelsea's top scorer was Eden Hazard, and after that was Loftus-Cheek with 10 goals. I think in all competitions, well, it was him and Drew. Drew had 12. Um, but Drew got, like, I think 11 of those or 9 of those in the Europa League. But, yeah, I think 10 goals is a, a really, really good return. People forget, just because we've been seeing Pulisic on the scene for, forever. Real, for like, almost forever, that he is still young. He is yeah. very young. And it's one thing to be okay, a customer get acclimatized to to Bundesliga, but coming over now to England, you know, you're playing all through Christmas, everything, you know, it's much tougher to play in England, honestly. And by him com him coming to the Premier League and playing and ex and you're expecting a turnout similar to Hazard, a player who has been up there for years. For years. It's it's it, it's ridiculous. This Chelsea side is a young side. And right now the accomplishment that they're hitting right now, honestly it is it's really amazing to see Chelsea where they are right now. Seven wins and seven in all competitions. Stretch it back to the Grimsby Town game where they won 7 1. In that run, we saw results in the Champions League in their favor, results in the league. And Frank Lampard really does seem like he has these guys going forward. And he, now, we, we, we saw him already come through a rough patch in the beginning of his Chelsea tenure to be here. Um, it's yet to be seen what would happen if he has to deal with any more injuries. Any key personnel, um, most notably people like Jorginho has been fantastic. Tomori has been fantastic. Um, definitely Tabi Abraham, even though he hasn't really been scoring that much in the last couple of weeks. But I mean, Chelsea keeps scoring us now. But uh, we go across to the games that happened on Sunday. Um, yeah, <laughs> we just start the Arsenal. Um, I actually like the system he put out for once. We went out at four four two. I didn't like that Sabayas as he won't play left mid, but yeah, that was whatever. Um, but we started off really well, not just with the, the two set pieces that resulted in goals, but the whole energy and the, the first couple of minutes was real, real good. Um, Quendouzi played this gorgeous pass for Aubameyang that if he took a little better touch, he'd have been through on goal. Uh, Lacazette had a good chance, just pass the post or save, something like that. And um, we really looked like we were off it. And... As usual, you know, we recede, we take our foot off the gas again, which has just been ca- characteristic of under Unai Emery, where, you know, all right, cool, we are 2 0. Right, let me just, let me just calm it down, let me play it safe. And uh, we sat back, and eventually, Crystal Palace got a foot on the ball, one long ball to Wilfred Zaha, and we in problems. And Callum Chambers has deputized pretty well at right back, and kudos to him for that, but he's not right back. Bellerin has been fit for over a month now, and I understand he's a little short on fitness, but you took your plate here and you took him off. So you could do the same thing with Bellerin. 
You know, especially after Yeso Chambers playing so bad. Like, his first half was real poor. Not just the penalty, but like, you know, your link up between your winger and your fullback is so important. You see that at, at, at Spurs, I mean, at Spurs, at Liverpool, most notably, but you see that City too, at these top teams. Um, for years, though, Danny Alves and Messi was a huge combination in, in, in Europe, you know. And when your fullback doesn't have the passing capabilities, it, it hinders your attacker, you know. And you saw that with Pepe, that Pepe has a drop into positions where it's quote-unquote safe for Chambers to pass the ball because, because Pepe making runs and Chambers can't find him because of the lack of quality on the ball, you know. Um, defensive frailty showed, considered two goals. Um, Barry, this game was real shipping us because, so it is how I watch it, though. After last week, people was like, how oh, so VAR just in this to not overturn decisions. So on the flip side, now they just aren't overturning all. You know, we saw a penalty overturn against um, in Chelsea's game. We saw, uh, I believe the call wasn't given initially in the Man United game. It was overturned. Yeah. We saw a penalty call overturned here, some overturned. And then the Chambers, the Socrates goal get overturned. And there was nothing in it. Now, I don't think we deserve by any stretch to win because we weren't playing that well. I think, you know, Crystal Palace played probably just as good as us. Because they look just as dangerous as us, you know. But, yeah. So let's get on 1 to 10, right? 1 yeah. being extremely secure and nothing to worry about. 10 being he can get fired tomorrow. Why did I rate how safe Emery job is? Hmm. Honestly, don't, honestly, don't think it's at the point where he could be fired tomorrow. I would say, I would honestly say Emery, Emery right now at a 5, you know. I don't say that. Because, because, you wouldn't want to jump the gun on, on Emery and be like, okay, you know, let's be looking at you now from, we're looking at you game by game. So every result matters. Every result. But cause right, now he ha- right now he has them in, he has, oh, has Arsenal in fifth place. He, Arsenal is looking a little decent in, in Europe. You don't know. In Europa League. Well, yeah, yeah. But we didn't even ha- play our first team in Europa League. All they have, all they have, all they have, all they target is, 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 is how much no, points. But Virgil, it's not like if we play with first team in the Europa League. Because I, I think the club kind of give these fellas the mentality, yo, all you go out there, play all your best. If we lost, whatever, well, the Premier League is the important thing. So them going out there and playing with all freedom. We've scored three and three, six, five. We've scored 11 goals in the group stage already in the Europa League. S- 11 goals in three games. That's averaging 3.6 um, or something like that goes mm-hmm. a game. That's crazy. We can't even muster two goals on a regular basis in the Premier League. Why? Because we're not playing with the same kind of freedom. And I think that comes back to the coach where he has a conservatism about him as a manager and he reflects in the team. Why do I say he's not capable of coaching at this level? Because that is the kind of mentality that is required at a lower level. That you hit one, you get two, you reserve, you sit back. You, you sort out your lead, you have your defensive players, you play two banks of four, mm-hmm. you have your big man on top of your little man, and you, you, you pick out the attack after that dog. And I just don't think he's suited at this level where he's expected to be the protagonist in these situations. He's expected to be the one to carry the game to the opposition and impose his will on the opposite team. That's exactly what Frank Lampard is doing. Why is somebody who's a manager for a year and a half knows how to play attacking football better than you? Why? Because that's just not him. And if the club fire him tomorrow, I'm not surprised. I don't expect it to happen. I expect it to happen next week, though. 
because I expect us to lose to Liverpool in the cup midweek, and I expect us to lose to Wolves weekend. Because I generally told somebody we had a run of three games against teams where we consider them mid-table clubs, but the decent clubs, yeah. like Crystal Palace, Wolves, and um, Leicester, right? I genuinely said I thought we'd get four points. We'd win against Crystal Palace. We'd draw against Wolves. Only because Wolves come in at Arsenal and get mashed up at Leicester. Look, we draw against Crystal Palace. I, dog, if we get one point in these three games, I wouldn't be surprised. And when we look back at our form, two wins in the last five. That was the comeback win against Aston Villa. And then he won it against Bournemouth. Or Bournemouth missed point blank in front of goal. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if we get five, dog. Yeah, wait, you don't think if he if he pull the pull the trigger too quick on him now. He fine too quick. Like, okay, except all the fire him like le- before Christmas. Or be all fire him before but Christmas. Which if we wait till after Christmas, then we probably can't get up for again. No, but if all the fire him, but if all the fire him before Christmas. Then we have time to make up for still. But that's that, that my, that's my next question. You don't think it's gonna be difficult to make top four without really having a manager? Because who who are you gonna return to? Well, I don't mind giving it to the assistant manager right now, Freddie Youngberg. I think just the fact that he's Arsenal legend, he'll get up to play good for two, two three oh, games at a minimum. The Olian Frank method. Yeah. yeah. That makes sense. No, no, no. But like he coached out the 23s last year and he was real good at that. Um, he brought a lot of players that we've seen in the first team now. Most notably, Bukayo Saka got the assist against Manchester United. Um, came on today, have a couple of appearances, scored in Europa League. Um, if not him, I'm not really on this boat with people about Jose Mourinho. I've seen real people saying that. I think, and I, I, I'm not trying to sound overly sentimental here, but I think out of respect for Arsene Wenger, we can't hire him. That's true. And I don't see, I'm not saying that it's impossible, because I think him and Raul Sanye, who's our uh, board of di- our board directors or something like that, he, he is and him are good friends. Yeah. But, you know, I think Given all of what the r- the spots and the rules it had between Mourinho and Wenger, and uh, what Mourinho has said in disrespect of who has been Arsenal's greatest ever manager, I don't think you can hire him. I think that's wrong. Um, if Luis Enrique has overcome the tragedy of his daughter's passing, I am one billion percent behind us going for him. Like that could be our club signing, a top tier signing, top tier manager that we didn't think was attainable. Get him in, have a rough season, but probably scrape top four or scrape the Europa League, and then boom, next year, though, we out and bad, though. Yeah, if not him, Allegri out there, he not managing nobody. Well Other than that, you're looking at, you know, paying out a club for the manager. But hey, honestly, but those three, I don't mind. Yeah, it's only something like, like, it's not like, it's not like Arsenal have a lot of work. And I know that, I know, I know you can sit down and talk about Arsenal. And look, like I was saying, on, um, my the Arsenal podcast as mm. I do. When you look at Pep in his first season when Chelsea won the title, right, and Pep and City finished fourth, yeah. right, and that's when he had to play men like Zabaleta and Sagna and Clichy and 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 Kolarov at fullback, right. You saw that there was a style of play in place that he was moving pieces into position, and he was like, okay, he does need to fix X, he need to fix Y, he need a new keeper Z. Yep. And then you have a team competent of fighting for the title. You look at every teams and you don't see, okay, he doesn't need to fix here, here, and here. You basically have to fix the whole 11 besides now our left back, right, wing striker and keeper. Everywhere else you could say needs fixing. Every other pl- position on the field needs fixing. 
And that's ridiculous. All right, moving on from this. Spurs play Liverpool. I honestly thought Spurs would like, get trash, but they didn't. Kudos to them. Oh, yeah, but like you true. said, it was a kind of weird lineup. You put it. You put Eriksen responsible and track him back on oh, yeah. Robert Robertson and a lot of question marks. Yeah, I I don't know what to say about Spurs. I don't think that they have the gumption required, if that's even a word, to fire Poch because of all what Poch did for them. Kind of similar to the Arsenal when got thing. It's true. And then they would have had a payment to his contract, and you know Daniel Levy's a cheap man. Mm-hmm. So yeah, but you know Liverpool win again, nine one zero zero record, twenty eight points, six points clear of Man City. Yeah. Anything what? You wanna say? Just a, just a, just a touch back on on that whole situation. I feel like Spurs is with with Spurs and Pochettino is like opposite to Arsenal in the sense that the manager, a clear to see the manager might not really be on board with this whole Spurs plan, he might be like, okay, you know, I feel like I I feel like I could do better at a bigger club. And it just the, the problem there for Spurs because a lot of people you look at it there and be like, okay, well if you have a if you have not a player or even a manager that doesn't really want to stay with the club, let him go. But for Spurs, the problem with Spurs is and like a lot of like just said now and seeing like a lot of other articles and like other like reaction reaction videos from Spurs fans also them see Poch as okay, we have one of the best managers in the world in Pochettino. They they rank Pochettino up there and rightfully so. Agreed. As up there with Pep, up there with um Klopp. He is he's a wonderful manager. And just that okay, but in Pochettino's head, he might be thinking, okay, I don't have the tools to work with. I these not these not the players that it's not how I want to. I look at teams like Barcelona and Madrid that are at this point in time are going through this this period in their time. They're looking out for managers, and I feel like I could go and fill that fill that role. I just for Spurs. Yeah, I think it's too much people in that club that don't want to be there, mm-hmm. and it's showing. For for Spurs, for Spurs, you cannot, you can't, you have to do whatever it takes to hold on the Pochettino because if Pochettino goes, you're looking at who going who going to come in. So the return of Tim Sherwood. That's true. Anyways, um, before we touch on the Manu game, in case we forget, because I want to say it now in case we forget, Leicester demolished Southampton. Oh yeah. You know, we make it a priority to talk about the big teams on this show. We just might be looking at two, three years having to talk about Leicester as a big team that they keep going like this. I mean, that's a real outlandish thing, and I don't really believe that right now, but like they have been fantastic this season. Uh, Vardy is joint top scorer, I believe, at the top of the uh, goal scoring charts, as I did say in my predictions. <laughs> um, but yeah, dog, Leicester look good, good, dog. And I definitely yeah. believe that they, it's not even just like a lie in the table, that like the table's out now for I think they have been the third best team in England. And deservedly, they tied on points with Chelsea above them on goal difference. And yeah, I think they definitely are stuck in the fight for top four. Leicester right now, just looking back at how how they were the season they won the title, of just seeing that progression and seeing how they built. Because uh, they went from being, okay, this newly promoted side, really, when they came back up, to, okay, you're seeing them looking, they're, they're reaching to new levels, and that's what happened under Brendan Rodgers. And honestly, right now, everybody looking at it, we just seeing Leicester right now in third, they they don't know where to put Leicester yet. They don't have to put Leicester in the title race. They don't know where to they don't know where to put Leicester. You don't have to cement them, cement them, and saying okay, they push for Champions League football. But right now, Leicester is very entertaining to watch. And it's the thing is, right, 
when you look at Leicester's 11, at least just their starting 11, if you had a position on the pitch that you need to fix Virgil, you can look at that Leicester team and be like, wait now, well, we could take that guy and he'll fill in here and no drop in quality. Yeah. And what, I, what I'm getting at is that with the exception of probably their wingers, we are looking at a team that is top four quality, that on paper, they are better than a lot of teams in the top six. And on the field, they are playing even better. You know why? They want to get players that are suitable for the top six, put them in a club that have that went from when they needed to, to, to mid-table-ish. And they went and got a top six level manager in mm-hmm. Brendan Rodgers. And now we are seeing them competing for the top four. They have, in my opinion, the second best fullback player in the league, one of the best promising young centre-backs in they have one of the best underrated keepers, in my opinion, in Cashman Michael. They have one of the best midfield trios in the league and one of the most clinical strikers in the league in Jamie Vardy. They're not going away this season. I honestly would I honestly would love for them to join the conversation of champions. I would love for them to to bring yeah. that pressure to City I mean and bring that pressure. Two points behind City. Yeah, bring I'd love for that for that pressure now to come in City and pressure to come in Liverpool. And that cause this Leicester side looking like they're distance are looking like if they if this decide to to recreate within the Premier League, it could happen with this Leicester side. And lastly, Manchester United finally found back their scoring touch. With Anthony Martial returning and being a lot more balanced in the front. Um uh, Scott McTomney apparently have this eye for goal. Uh, yeah. uh, but it was a good performance from Manu and showed that, you know, when they're closer to first trying, they could be a lot better than people mean them out to be. I have been a heavy critic about Solshire. However, recently I've slightly changed my rhetoric, Virgil. I think Solshire may be punching above his weight at United, but I just might think he might not be that bad of a match. He might be one-minded that he only wants to play one style of play, but I think they have improved in certain areas of the field, and his ability to instill confidence into some of these players have been shown, you know? Daniel James has been a revolution, though. Like, mm-hmm. nobody thought he was going to be that good. Um, you know, Rashford's still inconsistent, but Martial has been returned to being a striker under Oli. <laughs> He's been banging in goals. And the defense has been really good. Yeah. They have the fifth-best defensive record in the league uh, last time I checked. Um, they have a pretty solid back four, better back four than Arsenal, better back four than Chelsea, whether people want to admit it. Um, probably as a more stable back four than, than City. I know you have to hear Yes, that. yes. If Maguire yeah, could, could fit this side. And it, it on paper, it, it's just their midfield needs some fixing, but they are at depth. Depth is the biggest problem the because big as yeah. we saw when Marcel went out injured, they went and had that huge fluctuation of results. So we still haven't gone real long. Real, real long. We're sorry about that to the um, two Barca fans that probably listen to this. Um, and we go to Spain, and on that note, you know, the El Clasico was postponed this reason, uh, this weekend, sorry, and after reading up on it, it was because of some um, imprisonment of Catalan protesters, and they used that as a reason to postpone the game. I didn't think they should have. Um, they planned to reschedule it. Uh, Barca and Real Madrid are asking for the 18th of December. La Liga is asking for the 4th, and they're hoping to find some middle ground there. Um, but I don't think they should have postponed the version. If security reasons was really the problem, have a closed door match or just up the security detail or just really just have a, a, a closed a close door game, you know, have them play it behind closed doors, no fans there, no threat to the team. But don't postpone the game because there's a lot more implications that's going to this game besides that it's just a match. It's one of the, if not the biggest match in club football. 
You have fans that come to watch this game with you from all over the world. And yet they're saying that it's security implications. But Espanol is also in um also in Catal in Catalonia. But they played their home game against Villarreal and it went ahead as normal. So why they could have played their game in Barcelona, you know? I think this is just part of them. Um there is the president of La Liga whose name I have here Tebas. Um Javier Tebas. He he doesn't want you know, he wants that if Catalonia becomes independent because he wants Barca to be removed from La Liga. Well, the Catalan clubs uh-huh. be removed from La Liga. And I just, I think that is so dumb because, Richard, you gotta watch La Liga, dog, without a Clasico. Oh, yeah, that would make no sense, though, because the outside, the outside viewers tune in to watch Clasico. Clasicos is one of the biggest, most, one they look for, the most look forward to games in Spain. I feel like. In the world, yeah. yeah. I mean, after Madrid, and probably Atletico Madrid, though, if you want to see them not, um, grind out some one dollars. Oh, yeah. Who are really watching in La Liga so, dog? It's true. It's like, I'm pretty sure that they, that Barcelona and Real Madrid count for over half of their income, dog, mm-hmm. of their revenue. So, but like you say, I see a team on top of the, the table in La Liga. I see Granada right, rocking the top of the I table. First, you said that's not my team. Then any small side you like that? It's Girona. Oh, it's Girona. Because Ger- uh, Girona is a, is a next Cata- is a next uh, Catalan club that right. they also, you know, that's also a problem for them. But but they most of their games that they play home with this school crisis that's going on, it doesn't seem to affect them. It re- it doesn't seem to affect them. They they're playing their football. They're playing their football normal. But surprisingly, Granada is at the table, and. Mm, Convincingly, <laughs> yeah. If I if I remember right, um, didn't Granada beat Barcelona? Yeah, they beat yeah, Barcelona. Yeah, they, they beat Barcelona two 0 Um, I thought Granada was the side that beat um, beat Real one 0 last week. It's not them, but Granada, you know, top of the table. Uh, it, it's a surprising turn of events. Although we have to say that with the caveat that um, Barcelona and Real both have a game to play. Atletico Madrid continue to. You know, just shake between results in the last five games. They only have two wins. And a bunch of nil-nils in there. Same problems as always for Diego Simeone, despite all the attacking recruitments they made over the yeah. summer. Um, yeah, I don't really see nothing changing in that. Real so said that Virgil. I actually want to talk to you about this. So, yeah. so they have a, a core of pretty talented youngsters there. But there's this guy on loan there from Real Madrid. And he's from Norway. Oh yes, yes, yes. Oh yeah, he nah, Martin Odegaard. Nah, he picking. He uh, he picking up, you know. He he's in quite um superb form for yeah. them. I'm gonna try and pull up his sofa score rates and for this season. But he has been f- superb. And you know, after the initial hype that came from him going to Real Madrid, he kind of you know dipped off a little bit. However, a couple loads spells later, he was fantastic last year. I believe it was for uh, it was a team. Either in Holland or La Liga, I'm, I'm really not 100 percent sure. I, don't, I think it, it wasn't. I think it wasn't Holland. He, he was. Yeah. So his so far score has been seven point three six, which is really good. He has two goals for the season, three assists in just ten games. He has been fantastic. Created five big chances. Has the highest touch um, percentages of any team in um, any player. Sorry, in Real Sociedad, and has been hella influential. When we look back at Real Madrid now struggling. For midfielders, you know, Martin Odegaard could be the answer. 
So we go across to, you know, Germany where we have a player who has found it impossible to stop scoring this season. And that is Robert Lewandowski. Scoring once again, making that, I think it is 14 goals and, uh, sorry, 19 goals and 14 appearances this season. He has wow. been <laughs> unstoppable and probably is undoubtedly the best number nine in the world at the moment. Which what do you have to say about him? I say that that, that is complete, 100% correct, Lewandowski right now is the best striker, the best out now striker there is, there is in the world right now. And Lewandowski... His classes, I, c- I can't remember what game. Oh, the um, game against it was who against Spurs. Oh, yeah, that's oh my it. god, that his hmm, his technique is just amazing. Yeah. He could make, he could make something else or nothing. But yeah, yeah, just yeah, looking, yeah. just looking at the the team in a whole, by I mean, right now sits in second place behind um, Mönchengladbach. It's the honestly, the whole the whole Jimmy right now, shaving up. It's, it's, it's so topsy turvy. It's honestly. It looks like a joy to watch, honestly. You know, last week Dortmund beat Mönchengladbach. And yet one week later, they on top of the table. You know, it it really is it's something else that's going on in Germany right now, where it just seems like nobody really wants to take charge of this league, and uh, nobody wants to go on top. Like for example, yesterday was the big derby in um in Dortmund, where Dortmund and Schalke clash, finished nil nil. So it allowed Mönchengladbach to go on top of the yeah. table again. Um, at 10th place, we have Hoffenheim, who has 14 points. And you go all the way up to 3rd. And there's 17 points in SC Freiburg with 17. The points differential is not much in Germany right now. And it really and truly is anybody's game in Germany. For who can finish, not just champions, but even the top 4 and for the top 6. We go across again. Um, however, though, just Dortmund again. Just so disappointing recently um, yeah. in Champions League 2. I said that they should have gone through to the round of 16, and I don't see it happening again. Uh, reason being, they faced the weakest version of Barca that would possibly be there this season and only got a draw mm-hmm. at their grounds, which is a place where they should have won, you know, when Marco Roy's penalty was saved. Um, and with Inter beating them, I can see Inter probably getting a draw in the midweek coming here. And... Um, Sorry, not even maybe come here. Any next Champions League match versus Dortmund and put themselves in the driver's seat um, to qualify second and to avoid the woes of last year to go through the round of 16 Champions League. Mm-hmm. It's, it's the Dort- this Dortmund side, looking at them, because when I watch the game against Inter, it was just run all over them. This Dortmund side. Yeah. It's just looking at the likes of Sancho, looking at, looking at Togan. The only players that you look that you look at you you look to create the goals and look at to basically build them out of problems. Nobody in that game look like they want to show up. Like nobody and it just goes like looking at this game too in the league against Schalke. It just shows that remember the last time we talked we mentioned this, we said that how it showed in the German league the quality of all the sides now are starting to pick up and everybody's yeah. starting to raise. Yeah. But you would look at a game like this that as the Schalke side, this Schalke side is weak in comparison to Dortmund. Yeah. They have the, this don't get me wrong, the Schalke side has some quality sign ins, honestly. Yeah. But the players that Dortmund have should be doing better. Should, should be doing much better than that. This so Jadon Sancho only move in twenty twenty. I'm telling I from that from honestly from the two the two recent games I watched with Dortmund, I just looking at Sancho. Sancho looks like he did he had his time in Germany. He did his best, he did what he could do, 
but on his mind he knows I cannot bail Dortmund out of this. I cannot. We had our chance. Yeah. We we would the we would the Monaco yeah, we yeah, would the Monaco yeah. of uh, of the league here. Yeah, we could have you know upset mm-hmm. Bayern with so league. true. That's so true. Go across to Italy now. Where I know we just spoke about Inter being good in midweek. They choked another chance to go on top of the league after Lecce hold Juventus a one-one draw where Paulo Dybala penalty was cancelled out, but I believe it was another penalty. I can't remember. Um, Inter had a chance to go top of the table and we were winning at the game at one point through Kandreva and then in a quick two minutes former player Cam- um, Kamara scored and then assisted Premier League legend Javinho for them to be 2-1 oh yeah, down and then um, later in the game they rescued a goal through Lukaku who looked offside but it, it you know whatever but you know Inter should have won this game it was madness that they didn't win it um and then we have, you know, Atla- Atalanta, who won their game 7-0. If, if I'm correct, it was 7-0 that they won. It was 7-1, yeah. 7-1. Against, against Udinese. Yeah, against Udinese. And then Milan, with new manager, but don't have that new manager bounce. Uh-huh. And Pioli, and Pioli, right? That's how it's pronounced, yeah. Pioli. Lost 2-1 to Roma, who moved up to fifth place at the table. You know, Milan said on 12, I, I, I mean, I like Milan, you know. I have friends with Milan fans. I, I want to see them do good, but I don't know, boy. It's my, oh, oh. I just want this game from just in the line because I, I don't know when, I, when that came out, I saw rumors. Like, I have a lot of other games going on. I'm not going to be, ru- I'm not going to rush towards this AC Milan game. Yeah. But I just seeing the lineup, it also cemented that, yeah, I'm going to stick to keep, keep watching England. He had, he have his options. It looked like, he just looked at this Milan side like, okay, I kn- I know you, I know you perform well of of back in the past, <laughs> so let me start, let me start this this. So basically, bigly starting over Benazir. Oh, I do not know what kind of, this was this thought as I'm coming much, but how could you have how could you have Paqueta and P- you have Piontech? Yeah. That's crazy. Oh that's my god, that's is. Hmm. <sighs> yeah. Besides that, not really much to talk about coming out Napoli. Uh, Still fought, but it looked like they should be the driver seat in the Champions League group as well. I thought Salzburg would have been a lot tougher for them, but they managed to find three goals on the day. Um, so we move across to finally the league. Uh, um, I believe currently PSG are destroying, destroying Marseille four goals to nil. Yeah. Wow, and you and right before we started, we started this, it was one nil. Yeah, it was it's crazy. The last time I saw Maricardi scoring. Um just saw this on a point. But Maricardi has been in fine form for them though. Um yeah. scoring a good bit. Um and I believe like almost all his goals, if not all, have been just first touch into the back of the net and it just shows how lethal he is. Him and Mbappe have a brace each Angel Di Maria with two assists to his name. I was going to make a real bold prediction Virgil, but I want to save it to make sure that they get past the round of 16 first. But if they keep the seriousness that they have right now, Virgil, and everybody stays fit, though, including Neymar Jr., I do believe, dog, that we could possibly be seeing PSG in the semi-finals in Champions League. That's very honestly. I feel like from just that game against Real Madrid, they cemented that okay, this season be serious. Yeah. This season we know that okay, the prior season before of us trying with this with our side we had pushing, 
something about it just felt like yo we're just missing something yeah and it also just felt like when you see them going into a game you have no confidence in PSG you're like okay PSG there but there's something about this PSG side that they're going to shoot themselves in the foot yeah and from this PSG side just looks like okay we have the person around us wonderful sign and then Maricardi yeah but like even in midfield I mean everybody's been raving about gay but gay for Ati and, um, and Herrera and her not just not Herrera and Marquinhos playing midfield together oh yeah, has yeah. been a revelation for them um, he started off playing midfield since last year. We saw it against Manchester United, where, if I remember right, he got the money match for that. Not really to show, but I know he's fantastic in midfield. And they have such great depth in this team, you know. Players like Paulo Sarabia, who got three assists or three oh goals yeah. or two goals and assists the other day, couldn't even start this game, you know, because of how good players like Kylian Mbappe and Di Maria and, and Icardi are playing. And I think their quality in depth now is going to be what could propel them to the final four mm-hmm. so it finishing my extreme hot take that could prove to be ultimately very wrong okay. i take the four that could be there would be them manchester city liverpool and one of barca bayern UV and Chelsea. And Chelsea? Yeah. The reason I put Chelsea in that is because finally it really matter who they face. So this is God just outscored them. I now I know that's like a real slack thing to say, but they have been really good and I really thought Ajax would have deal with them. And they managed Frank Lampard managed to outclass te- um Tegha and outclass Ajax in the Amsterdam Arena where teams like, you know, um, Juventus failed to win there. I mean, I know Spurs won there. As Spurs, yeah, Spurs won there. Um, Real won there. But, you know, Ajax isn't an easy team to face. And uh, even though they lost key players, they kept their form up from last season. And I think Chelsea, if they keep up this one again, permitting no injuries, you know, why not? You know, I, I, I just think that, you know, these days, it pays more to try and win games 5-4 than to win 1-0. Mm. Like, you see it. You, you see that the teams that attack more score more. I mean, I know that sounds trivial, but yeah. you score well, enough to, so that when your defense falls apart, you're already five goals ahead. So, considering three is okay. You know? Barca paid for not scoring enough last year. Mm-hmm. You know? And Liverpool went through because they scored <laughs> way too much, you know? Um, so... Can't I know it's a hot thing. No, I saw saying there because this, this Chelsea side is is reminiscent of Ajax of last season. Yeah, and it's not really being talked about because in the league the quality is there in the league because look out above them is teams like Leicester City and Liverpool. Yeah, you will look at them and be like, okay, Chelsea is in fourth. Wow, yeah, that's yeah. not big, but you understand the Chelsea this, this Chelsea team that here is a team that fourth is a big accomplishment as we said as we said earlier. So it could happen, honestly, once they get favorable draws, you know, they have a lot of big teams eliminated themselves. Yeah. Could pave the way for Chelsea. A surprise team that we've seen in Liga is Nantes being in second with mm-hmm. six wins to their name, um, 19 points. But, I mean, you know how it goes on in France. They are quite some way behind PSG with Lille and third being one point off of them. Um, you know, Lyon have yet to bounce back yet after firing their manager and... Where where Monaco? Monaco eleventh. Oh no, they're doing better than I expected. Yeah, 
you know, Benya, that is. She forgot Benya, yeah, though. Yes, uh, yes, yes. So, yeah, I think. Anything you want to mention? Which album is he going this week? Or that one? Oh, on, um, I honestly find at this run of games win right now for Champions League, there's not much excitement. Yeah. There's not, there was not much. Look, look at teams play. Who was I think Liverpool play um, Locomotive and all that? Club Bruges. Club, yeah, Club Bruges. Yeah, Club Bruges. Yes. Yeah, it was Club Bruges. It, it, was a, it was a lot of parents of big teams against a, a big big difference in, cl- in class between the teams that play that faced each other Champions League that went yeah. and it's going to be the same this uh, with Champions League coming up it's going to be the same yeah because it's the reverse fixtures yeah. so hopefully we'll have some upsets hopefully we'll have some something surprising happen to I talk think about. Chelsea versus Ajax in the bridge can be quite entertaining that, uh, that should be relatively entertaining hopefully, hopefully. and hopefully Dortmund look to respond mm-hmm. against um, mm-hmm. Inter as well and Olympiacos could actually try something and Salzburg versus Napoli I mean, um, Hala is what six goals in three games. I think yeah. his record is twenty-one goals at fourteen games, something yeah. like that. It's, it's crazy. He he gonna get picked up real soon. Hi guys, I think that's it for this. We kept you guys long enough. Follow us everywhere. Subscribe us always. Um, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook at Corner Flat Talk. You know we out there on all our major platforms. Um, share, part, like, drop a comment, let us know what you think. Tell us if we was talking shipping this. Catch you guys next time. See you soon. Take it easy. Later.